The world of crypto is about to change massively. Due to recent events, there's some emerging trends that you need to know about. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of The Bean Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. The world of crypto is about to have a massive change, and we're going to uncover a hidden trend that you need to know about. Okay, there's been some absolute catastrophes and some very interesting things that have played out in the crypto world, as most people are aware of. But it's highlighted the importance for using and moving to this form of exchange when it comes to crypto. Right. Like we don't want to sit here and dwell on what happened with FTX and no. everything because at this it. point, we're tired of it. Everyone probably knows what happened. What we're here to talk about today is the fallout in terms of how it's going to shift how people use crypto. And then eventually we'll get into some projects that could see massive tailwinds and potential gains, not financial advice. But moving forward, you know, certain projects are going to lose out because of this trend and certain projects are going to gain. So we're going to kind of talk about both. Yeah. So FTX crashed and, you know, tired of talking about FTX and SBF and all that shit. But it's important to note it, to at least highlight the fact that it was a centralized exchange. Mm -hmm. Okay. A centralized exchange are managed and controlled by a centralized authority. They have the ability to halt withdrawals, um, preventing you from taking your money out. That's terrifying. Definitely. A decentralized exchange is one that is reliant on smart contracts to execute the orders for you um, without any intermediary. So there's no SPF controlling the strings above to stop you from being able to take your money out. Right. And a lot of these, these uh, centralized exchanges are, are basically like private companies where you don't know what's going on in the background. You can't see how much money they actually have because, you know, as in the case of what we saw with FTX... They were using all their customer money for other things. With decentralized exchanges, because it's all on the blockchain, you can track their wallets, see where your funds are going, see what they're doing with their funds because it's all transparent. It's decentralized, which, you know, at the, the beginning ethos of crypto, that's what it's supposed to be all about, right? Decentralization. And I think over the past few years, we kind of moved away from that for better or for worse. And a lot of people got absolutely burned. So now what we're saying is we're going to see a massive trend reversal in crypto from centralized back to decentralized exchanges and DeFi in general. There is one centralized exchange that maybe I still personally use and I know you still personally personally use, which we can highlight maybe towards the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, and one that we believe will survive the fallout of centralized exchanges. But centralized exchanges do have accounted for the vast majority of trading volume up until this point. <clears throat> and there's, there's a reason for that. It's super easy to get involved. So you have to imagine that a majority of the population who got into crypto got into it during that previous bull run back in 2020, I believe it when it started. Yep. That's when a majority of the people are coming in. They made it really easy with Coinbase, crypto.com, uh, FTX. I mean, 
you don't see decentralized exchanges like KyberSwap or Uniswap advertising everywhere, right? Yep. You see FTX on the side of buildings, you see them in Super Bowl commercials, et cetera. So it was super simple to just swipe your credit card, get some money onto the exchange, buy and sell the cryptos you want, and then just hold them there. And I think that a lot of people, so an exchange is exactly what it sounds like. It's a place to exchange your money or swap tokens. It's not called a storage. It's not called a bank. But I think because there's so many new users, they viewed it like a crypto.com or an FTX as, you know, like a TD or the Bank of America. Right. It's not. Yeah. They're completely different. And I think now people know that. Yes. And all you have to do is look, take a look under the hood, look at the stats of what happened after the FTX debacle, right? So trading volumes across all exchange experienced a massive drop as people were withdrawing their tokens from centralized exchanges to de decentralized exchanges and also just withdrawing their crypto to hard wallets, right? So trading volume across all centralized exchanges dropped from nearly 14 billion to under 3 billion within a matter of days. That's a massive, massive drop. Now it's recovered a little bit since then because that was a few weeks ago, um, but still nowhere near where it was. Bitcoin trading volumes across the 10 largest centralized exchanges, which is Binance, OKX, blah, 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 decreased fivefold in the span of a few days from 182,000 Bitcoin per day to down to 338,000 or 38,000 Bitcoin per day. All of the volume that was wiped up from these centralized exchanges went to decentralized exchanges. So you saw the rise of all the decentralized exchanges as people realized what we just talked about. Get your crypto off centralized exchanges, not your keys, not your cheese. And now we're seeing the rise of this DeFi it's not the DeFi revolution because we already had that. It's more of like a the re-revolution. You know, people mm -hmm. are, are remembering what crypto was about. So that's why we're starting to look at decentralized exchanges and potentially one project that is kind of the king of all DEXs. Yeah. I think people are lazy too. Um, it's just so much easier to not be in control. Like, because to access these decentralized exchanges, you typically need to have, you know, something like a MetaMask or a Trust Wallet. One of these other wallets that you need to then access these Web3 um, decentralized exchanges. So yep. it's a little bit more work. You need to like take control of your seed phrase and all these other things where you, you don't really have to do that with centralized exchanges. No, absolutely not. And, you know, on the exact flip side of the stats that I just said about centralized exchanges, you can look at what happened with decentralized exchanges. So trading volume on decentralized exchanges or DEXs went up from 2.9 billion to 12 billion. It's almost the exact opposite of what happened on centralized exchanges. So it's literally mirror for mirror. So that's why now I think we're looking at, you know, we've tweeted about this before. In the past, since this happened, we said, look, this is, this is going to severely negatively impact centralized exchanges and centralized exchange tokens. And I think what we're going to see is tailwinds for DEXs and DEX tokens. Mm. Um, and if you've been a fan of show for the while, if you've been a fan of our show for a while, if you're in the Discord, you know that Josh and I, instead of using Uniswap and going to SushiSwap and going to PancakeSwap and blah, 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 we prefer to use the number one DEX aggregator in the industry, which gives you access to, I think, over 12 different chains, over 20,000 different tokens. It's KyberSwap. It makes it easy to swap across all the chains, and it's a decentralized exchange aggregator. So if you're looking for a, a tailwind in the decentralized world, KyberSwap could be it. And it doesn't even have to be 
holding or using the KNC token because it's just like Uniswap. You know, they have the Uni token. You don't have to buy and hold it. We're just, we're strictly speaking of a platform to make your trades with, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so the token doesn't necessarily have to go up as much as it's a good platform to, like Shane mentioned, not having to go to Trader Joe, not having to go to, you know, Uniswap, back to SushiSwap. You can have access to, because Uniswap too, it's only primarily, I think it's only Ethereum. Yep. Right? So, but what if you want to swap something on uh, Avalanche or if you want to swap something on um, Binance? Yeah, Polygon or something, yeah. You can't do that there. Whereas on Kyber, Kyber Swap, you can. So that's why we're kind of highlighting that one is probably the, the best. Yeah. Because it just eliminates the need to bounce around and connect to all these different decentralized exchanges. For sure. So I brought up some data from DeFi Llama. So this is uh, at the time of recording. The top DEX, DEXs in trading volume. So Uniswap had a seven-day change of 6.6% an increase. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. We had Curve had a 38%. Increase in the seven day change. Pancake swap saw a minus ten percent, which I found really interesting. Mm. We can talk about maybe why that happened. One that I wasn't familiar with. This is in order of trading volume. Dodo was fifty percent, but the one day change was minus twenty five percent. Balancer eighty three percent on the seven day, but down minus ten percent on the one day. And then to the one that we just highlighted, Kyber swap, and this is interesting. Two hundred percent on the seven day. And 40% up on the one day as well. That's huge. So out of those are the, these are the top one, two, three, top six DEXs <coughs> by trading volume. Some of them saw some minor adjustments, but some of them also saw some decreases. Mm. KyberSwap saw substantial on both the seven day and the one day change. So money is flowing to this exchange for yeah. a reason. It's interesting, right? Hey. I found that that data pretty interesting. I mean, well, it's, you know, that's the great thing about blockchain and decentralization is you can see the trends. You don't have people lying and masking what's really going on. All you have to do is look at the, the, the transaction data, look at the blockchain data. It's all on these scanning websites. So we can see which DEXs are benefiting right away from this fallout of this changing winds that we're talking about. So KyberSwap seems to initially be doing well. We think they're positioned to do well doing forward. Um, one of the things that um, another big piece of this fallout from not just FTX, but, you know, there was BlockFi, Celsius, all this kind of stuff. It's these centralized platforms that offer staking. That's where you really run into trouble, right? Because, you know, they're offering these insane APYs and they're centralized, so you don't really know what they're doing with your money. Mm. Do they even hold your, your, you know, if you're staking Bitcoin, what are they doing with it? Have they loaned it out and now it's gone forever? Right. They're issuing these fake Bitcoin, these ghost Bitcoin. I don't know if you read much about that. Like, like wrapped Bitcoin? Yeah, where they never even owned it to begin with. Yeah. Is sketchy. So another reason that I like KyberSwap is because they still have these staking pools and these yield farms. They're performing very, very well, specifically in the stablecoin area, because people seem to trust them more because they're offering still, you know, excellent yields, APR, APY, but they're decentralized. So the proof is there of what they're doing with it and what they hold. So it seems that people are trusting them more people that really can t they want it they want to stake they want to still take part in these yield farms all this kind of stuff these pools they don't trust centralized exchanges anymore to do it but they're trusting kyber swap and i'm not just saying this is my opinion this is what the data is showing mm. you know you can see how well their pools are performing you can see how many people are using them so i'm not saying this is what i think is going on i'm just saying this is what's happening yeah. this is literally what's happening and that's the best part about the decentralized exchange aspect yeah, so it's, it's interesting to see that, that obviously people are voting with their money. 
and the money is flowing to Kyber Network. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to highlight too is the fact that PancakeSwap is only one chain. You know, it's Binance. It's BNB tokens. So maybe that's why it was down the minus 10% on the one day. Mm. Um, Balancer is only three chains. Uniswap is only one chain. So if all these, if all this, all these crypto projects are flowing off of these centralized exchanges, it makes sense why I, I'm just piecing it together now as I'm talking about this, why the volume was so high on CyberSwap is because it's probably, people have a whole bunch of different altcoins. Yep. So they're not just going to go all to Uniswap. They have to go to one location and they can swap across all 12 chains. For sure. The thing I don't like about Uniswap, which came out recently, is the fact that they're collecting data. Did you post something about that? Yeah, yeah. It's MetaMask. Right. MetaMask. And, and yeah, Uniswap is you know connected to MetaMask. So the company that owns MetaMask, Consensus, they, upgraded, they updated their terms and conditions. Now they're collecting your IP address with any transaction you make. They're also collecting your wallet address linked to any transaction you make and also any other wallet address on your IP address. Mm. So if you have multiple MetaMask accounts, they're collecting that data as well. And, you know, they just did it. You know, they don't, they don't ask right. permission, so they just do it. So it's like, is that really decentralized? If they, if they know where you are and they can really pinpoint where you are and they know your transactions, you know, a lot of people use these things because they don't want to be doxxed. Yeah. They want to be anonymous. And that's one of the principles of crypto in, in a sense. But now that they're like, oh, no, no, well, we know exactly where you are and we're going to tie you. So now we know how much money you have and now we know how, where you are. We could probably find out your name. So people do not like that. So that's, that's a few of the other advantages of decentralized exchanges um, that I think we should highlight. And that's the fact that you get KYC'd on centralized exchanges. Mm. So you need to take a photo of yourself, send in exactly where you live, all these other things. You don't have to do that for decentralized exchanges. Um, token availability. So centralized exchanges will often vet the tokens that are being put on there. It's a good thing and a bad thing, but there's a lot of gamblers out there who, who want to, to get yeah. the next hottest project. Like, for example, we talked about Sombra Network. That thing's done 400% gains. It's not listed on any centralized exchanges at the moment. Mm. You're going to miss out on those type of projects. For sure. Right? Um, and then there's the reduced security risks because it's self-custody. So there's less hacks, ha uh, withdrawals aren't halted, et cetera. Yeah. You know, I just, I kind of think about the long-term effects of what we saw over the past six months, how it's going to happen. Because obviously, eventually we know, you know, crypto will come back. We're going to see a massive new wave of beginner crypto customers coming into crypto, say tw late, maybe late 2023, 2024 into the next bull run, right? We're going to see it. It's going to happen. Everyone else thinks crypto's dead. Well, it will come back. Everything's cyclical. I just wonder the long-term effects of what we've seen now, how it will affect onboarding of these new customers. Are, are they going to remember what happened here? And will, will more of them try to onboard through decentralized means? Mm. You'd have to assume that the technology for onboarding via fiat into decentralized exchanges will improve in the next year or two. Um, so the fact that it's going to get easier for people to onboard onto DEXs and completely skip centralized exchanges altogether, or will people just forget about it because people have terrible memories? Yeah. It could go either way. I think people will definitely forget. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that there's a, a need and a solution that provides you with the centralized exchange capabilities, the decentralized exchange capabil capabilities, mm. Uh, in addition to a wallet that, um, you know, can't be hacked or frozen or anything like that. So I think there needs to be a hybrid solution yeah. that incorporates both. Um, yeah. If there's some way you can do a smart contract or... For sure. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's interesting. But, you know, I mean, to sum it all up, I think we're going to see a move back towards decentralization. Um, and, you know, we know, you know that we like Kyber Network. We, know, we like Kyber Swap because it's, it's one DEX that you can use to access all the DEXs. So for me, you know, the KNC token is interesting. If you follow us, you, you know that Kyber Network is continuing to build, bring out new innovative pro uh, products throughout the bear market. Um, they've been around since like 2017. So they've been through multiple cycles. It's not some new project that's, you know, it's just going to fail tomorrow. Um, I think if you're looking at a project that's going to see tailwinds from the move back to decentralization, I'm looking at Kyber Network. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. To the point we made at the beginning about if there was, because people are still going to use centralized exchanges, right? Yeah. The only one I think I would, I would continue to use and the one I still use is Binance. Yeah, that's the only centralized exchange I've used since the FTX debacle. Yeah. I trust them the most because they're, they're the biggest centralized exchange and it's not even close. Mm. Like the volume that they do and therefore what the amount of money I think they have makes me safe. Not that I, I'm by no means am I saying I'm keeping all my crypto on Binance. No, absolutely I'm not, not saying that either. No, but it's the only one that I would even be safe centralized wise yeah. keeping a little bit on. That's right. And I, you know, I, I did some swaps on, um, I had some tokens on Coinbase and we did like a couple swaps and man, it was like 300 bucks on a fucking exchange. Coinbase is a joke. What a fucking scam. <laughs> when, I did, when I did it on Binance, it was, it was like, I literally paid nothing. Yeah. Oh, Coinbase <laughs> is brutal. There's a few projects that we like that are only on Coinbase. So we have to trade it on there. But yeah, I just, oh, I avoid Coinbase like the plague. Yeah. I, you know, I won't even touch the projects anymore that are on there, Ugh, unfortunately. Garbage. Um, so yeah. Uh, if you guys like the content, leave us a like, maybe let us know some other decentralized exchanges that we might've missed. Yep. We just highlighted the six that had the most trading volume since the fall of FTX. And then tune to the next episode. Cause that one is going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the Beanpod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the Beanpod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.